we should probably have a separate we could have a whole separate meeting yes. about product merch mm-hmm. or in my case when i set it up a revenue suck little did you know you set up suck it for our <laughs> own podcast <laughs> just, just you set up a web store and you suck it you suck it <laughs> <laughs> you take that money you think you're making and zoop, <laughs> zoop. <laughs> you suck it what? suck it you think you you think you're making money but you suck it what that is that is the greatest, <laughs> greatest natural reference to suck it you could possibly have. Out of paper, out of stock, there's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly. For your business paper needs or Dundam if then the people purses paper people Dundam if then the people purses paper people Dundam. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office, by fans of The Office. I'm your host, a paper mache head attached to your shoulder, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin Jane's world's best boss. And with us is always our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. Quiet, you. (laughs) Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. This week we're talking about Halloween, season two, episode Ah. five. Sorry, sorry. Uh, early, you got to give us a little bit of heads up. Yeah, yeah. scare us. I, I, I don't. I bad. I don't like jump scares. <laughs> I like horror. You know, I like I like spooky stuff. Not not into jump scares. My bad. My bad. So watch after it. after that. Uh, we'll head to the conference room for our ordinary things segment. We'll talk about Halloween things. Um, <laughs> but before we get into all that, uh, Alex, do we have any housekeeping to start out with? Yeah, a little bit. There's some developments. There's some currents moving under the surface here. Um, I'm just going to say this. I think in the next three months, it will be advantageous to be a tot. Um, so go out there. We are, uh, we are making a push for 500 tots, 500, uh, pat- uh patrons uh, on, on our Patreon, 500 Beautiful tater tots, ready to serve. This will be, uh, if one, we're going to make this push for a few reasons. There's some upcoming releases happening that you're going to want to be a part of. There's going to be some new opportunities for, let's say, purchases. There's going to be new opportunities for listening that maybe aren't just the office, like other stuff, guys. Like the three of us are capable of other things, uh, mm. some ordinary things. Uh, there's going to be just an absolute transcendent, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, what I'm saying is join, join Scott's tots on patreon.com slash Michael Scott for $5 a month. Get yourself uh, ad free episodes, get yourself our exclusive monthly mailbag episode, which we are recording. Uh, this comes out Thursday. We will be recording a day or two after that, I believe. Yeah, maybe. Or no, we're recording on Thursday. Well, we'll we got to figure soon. that out. We're we'll recording see. soon. Point is, <laughs> point is, join us. Uh, we have our October mailbag coming up. Every month we record a exclusive to Patreon mailbag episode. It's usually generally two hours plus where we answer every single question that comes in uh, through our through our tots. We have a really good time doing it. So so join that. Uh, again, ad-free episodes. You join our monthly uh, or not monthly, but our just our recurring donation we make to the Thurgood Marshall 
College Fund, which I mispronounced last week. My apologies to Mr. Marshall and that entire organization. Uh, what else, guys? Anything else on your end, housekeeping? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a a Halloween costume contest going. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, this I'm not weekend, very good at this part. Halloween. <laughs> uh, so, uh, if you have a a costume, an office themed costume that you'd like to send us photos of uh, to enter our contest, email us at mspodcastcompany at gmail Put costume contest in the subject line of the email, and uh, and you will qualify to win. Uh, a surprise uh much like michael's surprise we're not entirely sure what it is yet mm-hmm. <laughs> bruce Springsteen yeah. tickets yeah ice cream sandwiches alex i don't think you have to bury the lead here i think you can tell them what they have to expect alex has been working on his ventriloquism so there'll be like a long long video of that um and then sean has been developing a one-man show based on the life of times of richard nixon so both of those will be available on the patreon long-form video content hours and hours and hours for you to watch and enjoy yeah, don't. I'm gonna start live that. streaming my workday. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, uh, there you go. Uh, very uh, uh, as always. Thank you very much to our Scots Tots for supporting the show. That is an amusing link. I'd like it sent to me, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That link again is Patreon.com/slash Michael Scott. Spam your friends. <laughs> and don't forget him. to join our Discord. Uh, oh, you yeah. can join us on Discord. It's yeah. open to the public. Uh, and if you are a member of Scott's Tots, you get access to a Scott's Tots exclusive uh, channel within the Discord. So please uh, join our Discord. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a great place to be. It's a great place to talk about the office. Join this community. Uh, yeah. Highly, Occasionally, highly, highly I'll start an AMA on that channel and then just walk away <laughs> yeah. after I start it. <laughs> Go play golf with Sean and then remember that I started it. Yeah. Come back and answer every question in a row. So that's the kind of fun you can expect mm-hmm. over there. Uh, by the way, that link to the Discord is in uh, every episode description. You, you'll find and our Instagram bio. Find a little link, yeah. And and you know the Instagram. It's, I think we need to get back on the horse, guys. I think we need to get active, get involved, in people's <laughs> lives. So, okay. Well, this has been a successful housekeeping segment. <laughs> our longest yet. Let's get into the episode. <laughs> uh, today's topic is. Halloween from Season 2, Episode 5. It aired on October 18th, 2005. was written by Greg Daniels and directed by Paul Feig. Uh, of course, we did watch the uh, Peacock Superfan episode in uh, preparation for this podcast. Mm. Uh, Edwin, why are we talking about Halloween this week? Why could yeah. we possibly be talking about Halloween this week, of all weeks? Because it's very scary stuff. Halloween is right around the corner and there's no better time to tap back into all the Halloween episodes of The Office it's that time of year, it is spooky season so uh, we wanted to jump back into the Halloween uh, candy bag and talk about this episode from season 2 which we haven't talked about as a single episode in it's one singular focus. Yes. So, um, and with the super fan, uh, the super fan edition, uh, we do have some deleted scenes that we can talk about as well. So it adds a little bit of context, a little bit of nuance to what this episode is and was, and what could have been with just some of the way that this shook out. I will say that some of the deleted scenes that are added back in definitely shape the tone of, of this episode a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah. And you know, it's so early in the show's run, and we see so many other Halloween episodes. It's it's interesting to compare this against where the show goes for Halloween in the future. So that's why we're talking about it this week. And to be clear, like in the past, I was uh, like Edwin said, we were surprised. We looked back and we was like, oh, we've done costume contests. We did spooked. 
we did an episode called Halloween in the Office where we sort of yeah. went through all of them. But it's like we've never actually done the classic, the season two Halloween episode, mm-hmm. the the flagship holiday episode. Yeah, and while this is like a like a Halloween special, it just feels it it actually feels like such an important episode from the early days. It's just, I mean, Michael struggling all day to to fire one person is just so it's 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 like iconic michael scott yeah One and it's not like, even about yeah. like it's not even about making someone lose a job it's just about having to look someone in the eye and have them not like you in real time mm-hmm. it's so upsetting for michael he can't do it <laughs> and then behind that is like again it's it's like it's wonderfully intertwined into that plot is is jim and pam kind of trying to offload uh, Dwight from from Dunder Mifflin, and and that's it. Like, there's no really, uh, it's not really other storylines. Um, Clean. One thing yeah. that I appreciated about this episode is how kind of uh, straightforward it is, and I say that in terms of the costumes that the characters wear, in terms of the storylines that we have. We have Michael struggling to fire someone, Jim and Pam trying to you know get Dwight. Uh, hired in another branch like we don't see that many contributions from the other characters except in like little lines here or there but it really it feels like i mean i I feel like i say this every time we talk about an early season episode of the office but it it has such a distinct feel when you think about how crazy things get within the office as the seasons go on and on like this one feels so stark and so true to form um it's just nice to see an episode of the office that is just it feels like itself and it feels like a little bit more like what people would actually wear to work um, as opposed to like the grand uh, sort of production that we, or I mean the bigger production, let's say in terms of costume decorations, the party focus that we see as the show progresses, that's natural in the, in the sitcom, but it just, it feels so much like the office. And then when you layer on mm-hmm. Michael having to fire someone, so we know someone's going to go and this talk of downsizing, it's kind of like bleak on top of bleak. So it adds like an extra level of that um, to the tone and look and feel of The mm-hmm. Office in these early seasons. I'm glad you brought that up, Edwin. I hadn't really thought about the fact that like this is the most realistic depiction of a corporate Halloween that we have. Because, yeah, you're right. Later later on, it gets to like, you know, like Gabe and Toby and Kelly are doing a choreographed dance and they had a black light put in that annex somehow <laughs> like you know they're full makeup uh like very high production which you know works better for tv but it's probably not how it would go down in an office what would go down is like pam throwing on some cat ears a little bit of face paint like that's it uh like as we get to see in this cut uh toby just throwing on a silky hugh hefner robe <laughs> just yeah, yeah. Be, being hugh hefner like it's very understated i'd say that like who who goes the craziest in this episode? I mean, there's obviously Michael with the head, but like Meredith, Ke- Kevin, Kevin and Meredith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oscar Oscar's too. Got a pretty elaborate costume too. Yeah, yeah it's wig. the kind of thing where like some people dress up, some people don't. And and look later in the, in the show, that's totally fine. It's the way that the like a sitcom yeah. like this would naturally progress. Um, that the storylines have to get kind of funnier and crazier, and like you kind of as if you're if you were from a writing perspective, maybe like. You have to keep putting these characters in different situations, so it, mm-hmm. it it just it's it's natural that the show would progress that way. But in the first season, the first go, the first pass at Halloween, it's nice that some people don't dress up. One character, Meredith, who I'm thinking of, who gets a little more attention and focus in the extended cut, goes over the top with her Halloween costume, and then given what's going on in the office that day, suddenly like I'm not really feeling this right now, and I can't really <laughs> take it off. 
because I need the special, uh, what the special something to take off the glue. Uh, Like that, like that's the other thing about kind of wearing costumes like this is like you can, it's easy to get trapped wearing a costume, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think I've said it many times before. I'm almost like more of a fan of, of the early season, the tone in the early seasons that it is more, more realistic and that you, you know, the 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 ensemble like the rest of the Dunder Mifflin staff they just don't they don't really have a sense of humor they don't have much of a backbone they uh like you know I think in a later season of The Office if it started if you know there was any chance that you know I could picture like everybody flooding into Michael's office and being like Michael are you supposed to fire someone today like who right. who's it gonna be just tell us like mm-hmm. you know what I mean like that sort of thing Whereas like instead they're just all kind of very, you know, quiet and, you know, you get things like Michael telling Oscar like, oh, you're showing your true colors by, you know, dressing as a woman. And he's like, what are you implying? You know, later on, I could see Oscar saying something like, say that again, Michael, Gil and I could use another vacation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And this is is before Gay Witch Hunt, you know, it's it's like like the, the writers sat on this for. Like revealing that you know for the mm-hmm. whole season, they clearly they clearly had that in mind. Um, and and I love too the little like later, just Oscar coming out of the bathroom and Ryan just like, oh your dress is stuck. Just this is <laughs> the tiniest little interaction. <laughs> and, and Oscar like fixes his dress and then just there's just a tiny second where he just kind of like, <sighs> and he just he's just kind of looking back into the office. And it's just, <laughs> no no there's a lot of those. But that's that's so characteristic of the show in its early run is that there are these like little moments where the show breathes and you can have kind of an interaction that is maybe awkward or funny or uncomfortable. Um, like when Angela and Pam are talking about the snacks they were supposed to bring and Angela says, I just don't understand why you're so intent on sabotaging everything. <laughs> Pam bought brownies instead of chips and dip. Like It's like these little interactions that kind of complement the rest of the show and the storyline yeah. is like these little moments that happen in passing um, that when you're, as a, again, I don't mean to keep drawing comparisons, but there are more storylines, more characters to serve later on in the show. And right. early on, you get this sort of ambiance uh, and sort of you get a kind of empty feel of the corporate space and the hum of the copier yeah, and the ring yeah. of the phones a little more. There's just something like there's just like a maybe this is a weird thing to say, but like the jokes are just more like modest in their delivery. Like there's just stuff like the, um, you know, when Dwight is in in Michael's office and uh, Michael's pretending that the head on his shoulder is telling him to fire Dwight. <laughs> And just mm-hmm. like the, the the angle that the camera has of Dwight, where you know he's doing the Sith Lord thing, the hood is covering him. <laughs> pure, and he's it's just pure quiet. You yeah. and it and it's quiet. like not Dwight. It's like that's that joke is just there if you notice it. Like you know, yeah. it's it's not very heavy handed. It was like someone noticed at a certain angle that Rain <laughs> yeah. Wilson's like chin and tip of the nose really looked like the Emperor from <laughs> Yeah, what Star Wars? Like, we got to get that shot. Like yeah. That's great. What if for a second Dwight thinks he might have the power of the, of the Emperor and can yeah, <laughs> and it yeah it establishes you. a lot of it's just like yeah this is for as for as like kind of hardworking farmer Dwight is he's also just super nerd you know like he loves nerdy stuff he spent one hundred twenty nine dollars on his costume and he There's thinks no way that for that reason that people should be impressed <laughs> like with Jim. <laughs> Three pieces of paper, you know. I spent one hundred and twenty nine dollars on this costume, and and Phyllis thinks he's a monk. 
You know, like it's, it's, <laughs> it's such a perfect thing. And she also thinks he's an ass. And contrasted, I forgot about how, how blown away Phyllis is by Jim's costume. She's like, I love it. Like yeah. <laughs> three hole punch Jim. Like have just regular ruled white paper Jim or three hole punch. I mean, this is a different era. And I, gosh, I feel like we're just talking about, we were just drawing early, late show comparisons, but this version sure. of Jim is a little more like endearing and charming than the Jim who never wants to participate in Halloween later on, you know, um, yeah. yes. and is doing the bare minimum to, to engage in, in these things and doesn't want to wear the costume that Pam got him. Like this version is just like, oh, that's funny. It's like something that you, you might, if your coworker came in with a costume that was like kind of minimal, but clever about the job you had, like you would appreciate it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. You sure would. Uh, um, I w- one last moment just to 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 echo that too that I uh, picked up in the extended cut of of like a perfect thing in season two was that little shot of uh, Meredith moisturizing her hands after yeah. Angela makes that uh, yeah. comment and like oh and you did look at Meredith she did her hands too like she you know did make makeup veins and like rotting flesh on her hands. If you don't have access to or haven't seen the super fan cut, Meredith's costume is like a yeah. person who's had their head split open. There's like a fake brain on top and uh, yeah. a lot of, yeah. a lot of like gore kind of thing. Um, we do get yeah. a whole bonus scene where Angela says we were supposed to dress scary and nobody did it. And mm-hmm. Meredith goes, I did it and I'm never going <laughs> to do it again. <laughs> like, she everybody went, she just went hard. Like a cute kitten and she's like, her brains are exploding out of her head. All three of the PPC are dressed as cats. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> it, true. it is interesting too, of course, that Angela told everyone else to dress scary when she planned on dressing as a cat, like a white cat. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Not, not the only, uh, not the only corner that Angela thinks Pam is infringing upon too with her, with her <laughs> treats, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the main story arc for this episode, which is Michael must fire someone. We get the cold open of, uh, of, uh, Jan calling. And, uh, and of course, Michael is, is, you know, revealing that he did, he mm-hmm. doesn't want to fire anyone. He's waited until, um, the last minute. I, I thought this was a nice Sherry, joke. Sherry that, calling, in fact. Yes. Or, or I think he calls Sherry. But uh, but yeah, um, I like this like joke of that, like he needs to fire someone by the end of the month and Halloween happens to be the last day of the month. Uh, I just thought that was nice. <laughs> and, uh, he, he just happened, didn't think that one through. Um, uh, but uh yeah, I, I think in terms of, again, early season is very simple. We, the cold open just sets up exactly what the episode's about. And you, well, and there's a lot yeah. of understated uh, information about the relationship between Jan and Michael just through this call with her assistant. <laughs> because like, yeah. it's clear that Sherry has dealt with Michael before. It's clear that Sherry like is used to chasing down things that Jan needs from Michael and it takes a long time. Um, mm. So just the way she responds to Michael, just, well, the book said it's best to wait until the end of the day. Just, I just need the name. Like Michael, I <laughs> just need the name. And uh, yeah. Jan wants the name as soon as possible. Michael, like it's very, this is not, this has not happened for the first time. This is an old thing that Michael is terrible at. Yeah. I think, I think too, like, all of these things kind of compound into one storyline. I think it's wrapped up pretty well, which is like Michael's procrastination, Michael's need to be liked, mm-hmm. Michael's avoidance of, of conflict, and then how that like trickles down onto the rest of the staff. Like, 
I like how that all kind of comes together. And then it's, it's all kind of against this, like the backdrop of downsizing and the backdrop of Halloween. And like, it all, it's, it just kind of comes together in a very nice way. Um, and it's not just Michael and Dwight or Michael and one other character. Like it involves the whole staff, you know, and it creates this sort of like horror, horrible, oh my God. It creates a terrible climate where everyone is kind of worried that it might be them. Um, you know, everyone is kind of on edge. It feels more this way in the super fan cut because there is a moment where they're all standing around reception talking about like, he has to fire someone by the end of the day. And Pam is kind of telling them this. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it just kind of creates the sense where it's like this sort of dramatic irony where everyone knows what's going to happen, but Michael hasn't shared the surprise yet. I mean, it's good. Maybe it's a good thing that you mentioned uh, the, the ice cream sandwich surprise from before. Cause it's just like that. Everyone <laughs> yeah, doesn't think he has anything yeah. planned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we all think you don't have a surprise. <laughs> and he's, he's just, he's just so transparent in his feelings. Like the best he could do to cover up is to, is to saunter around the office, looking at everyone and being like, Hey, you big Jim, you know, <laughs> like walking over and Stanley, like he just can't help, but like he literally out loud, just sort of bemoan his situation without saying it. like, it's very clear to everyone pretty quickly what's going on. And, uh, he's just, he, he can't not wear his heart on his sleeve. It's his, one of his biggest downfalls. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned that one thing that I've noticed from the super fan episode into this episode and the, and the rest of the series is that there are a lot of things that are cut out of this episode that we see in the super fan cut that actually get reflected or added in again later. It's, it's like, mm. I think there's this idea or this notion of there are things they really loved, but they had to cut. So they bring it back. Like, I think, Meredith being stuck in her costume is really reminiscent of Pam being stuck as Charlie Chaplin slash Hitler in the later seasons. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, this, this, uh, Michael walking around and just kind of telling everyone without telling everyone and making it very obvious, it's very similar to what happens when the branch closes. Um, uh, right. And Michael is walking around, you know, just bemoaning his fate in front of everyone. Like you said, um, <laughs> like there are like these little things that kind of come. And then even with Toby later, we'll talk about it, but like his interaction with Toby, I think is more foreshadowing of his interaction with Toby later on. <laughs> Another foreshadowing is that, uh, this whole time it absolutely should have been Kevin who was fired. because They, they discover <laughs> that there is a, there is a department with three people that only needs two. And yeah. we learn later, Michael, originally was going to hire Kevin for the warehouse and <laughs> just saw something in him that doesn't exist. <laughs> and we learn even later that Ke- Kevin made up a number early on called the 11 and has been using it in accounting. <laughs> it's all there. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but Kevin just has that special something. God, I'm right here. <laughs> uh so yeah, yeah. This as we met, <laughs> Alex, we do get the deleted scene of of Michael sort of walking around the the uh, the uh, bullpen, uh, <laughs> yeah. and there's Stanley, no costume. Well, no, not trying to fit in. I wish I had your confidence. I really do. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It it it, it I. Uh, I like to see, uh, you know, of course, then Michael calls in Pam. We kind of get like he's just cycling through sort of everyone during this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jim, everyone makes a good gets point. a little one on one. Well, Jim makes a funny point where he's like, I'm hoping that someone he Michael is hoping someone will volunteer. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Mm-hmm. 
And at one point, we even see that he goes and asks everyone if they would be willing to take a 10% pay cut so that no one has to get fired. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun That's scene. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's a new one. Stanley brings up his kids in college and is like, that's not happening. And immediately Michael's like, that's what I wanted. Now everyone blames Stanley when it comes time to actually fire someone, Mm -hmm. which is, by the way, terrible solution for Michael. (laughs) I mean, it's funny. Michael is so avoidant of this of this situation and what he thinks is going to be that ends up being a really, really terrible situation in the end. Um, And we lose Devin. Um, We don't really know what Devin would have been if he had stayed or how they replace him because we don't really know that much about what his he role did. in the office. <laughs> they don't yeah. backfill. Yeah. Like they don't, they have it Ryan. seems like he was sitting near Creed back yeah. there. He yeah, might have been involved in some people... quality assurance. Right. Devin was probably doing all the work of quality assurance. I was going to say like, <laughs> yeah, it does. Does, does the watermark happen? If Creed is the one right. who's fired, probably not. Right. Devin was probably doing all the real thing. work. Creed's yeah. sprouting mun beans in his desk and trying to collect more chairs. <laughs> and like Michael discovers it. Th- like, so Michael goes through like all of this, these ruminations of like, well, it shouldn't be a popularity contest, but maybe it should because that would affect Aubrey's morale. If like you, I, if I lay off someone off who's friends with everyone, uh, by the end of it, it's like <laughs> when he does fire Devin and he invites all those people to poor Richards and Michael's like, who knew Devin had, so many friends here and it does seem like creed for the entire show is just sort of this old man that weirds everyone out and mm, right. Uh, right. doesn't they, have friends we get to see the halloween party that is just dwight angela <laughs> creed and michael yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah right the most depressing party i think outside mm-hmm. of angela's ho- holiday party edwin edwin mentioned uh you know that there's like a difference in tone when these deleted scenes are added back in that one certainly stood out as like uh because Michael just looks at them all and goes, look at you. You're all revolting. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah, like, no does. one wants to be friends with you. I should have fired like, all of you. I should have fired you instead. Michael's yeah. self-loathing is at all-time high in that scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will That's say uh, a quick search says that Devin was quality assurance relations, Dunder Mifflin's prior relations. So there he's there. Go. It also says on Dunderpedia, gender, male, status, alive. Oh, thank God. So, oh, good. That's a good, a good clarification. I'm going to from... kill myself. I'm yeah, going yeah. to kill myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I Devin, like, <laughs> number one, props to the show for committing to this bit of like, nope, we're keeping Creed around for the next nine years. <laughs> like, yeah, he's staying. And like, yeah, well, I, good time to talk about this. But like, this would have radically changed. Not radically, but yeah, it would have Creed altered the fired. show significantly yeah. if... Michael makes the quote-unquote correct choice here, which I do think the correct choice was probably to let Creed go, who doesn't care about the job. And he's... It's funny that Devin is dressed like the hobo that Creed seems to actually be on the outside of of the office. Uh, But, like, yeah, if Devin sticks around, it's another guy that, like, people have relationships with. I mean... Then we obviously don't get all the mystery and intrigue from Creed and the weird one-liners, which is kind of becomes a hallmark of his entire character right uh we don't get who knows what devin would have become but uh yeah you it's have funny Creed, the vampire they... blood sucking <laughs> yeah the life and occupation yeah i really need the money no i like it here uh yeah he's just like you really don't know why you're in this office he's like i have no idea i think this could be where creed's whole bit starts with the camera i think 
I think this is really fabulous that we get to see Creed's survival tactics here, I think, is is what's going on. I think he's well aware of exactly what's going on, and he's just fully confident that he's going to convince Michael to do the opposite. And, right. I, and do he it. does. Let's fight yeah. this thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. I think like him just being like, you know, like he's got his tactics. Like, let's fight this thing is like, it's not you against me. Like, we're going to be together and we're going to fight this thing. Like let's the call old Jan days. right now. Yeah, like the, like old, the old What old days? Yeah. <laughs> Did you start the paperwork yet? You don't have to do this. It's, it's, it's really, it's a contrast in what happens with Devin later where it's just like the exact, like Michael actually does get to the point of like like creed's like can i go and it's like no he gets all the way to saying as much as i think you're a great guy and i like you you're you're goodbye (laughs) (laughs) you know all maybe it's because creed knows michael well enough that he's just like no like i'm not i'm in this office right now i'm saying no that's not happening and he knows michael will probably fold and then he basically serves up devin and uh and and creed says listen you won't regret to see there devin's terrible no one's gonna miss him good 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 and as he says that just kind of leaves the office um and it totally works because michael also gets to the same point (laughs) with devin and devin's like i'm being fired so you think i so you might not look like an idiot see he does see Devin's tact is all wrong. Like Creed with the, I will forget so fast. You will be my savior. You're the man who bless you, Michael. You're a fine man. (laughs) You know, it's like that's where Devin went wrong. That's what that's what Michael wants. He wants to exactly. He needs to feel like he's doing the exact right thing, and that no one could possibly be hurt by his decisions. And which is what he says to Sherry. Yeah. How would you like to be fired so you could still be friends with the person that fired you? And Creed gives him that. Uh, in that moment and you know Devin I don't think Devin deserved it but like man he he didn't play it right he kind of accepted the firing right away even though Michael you know never actually we never really see him say that to him um Creed I mean Devin sort of excuses himself in that way and uh that's a bummer big bummer Mm -hmm. It is interesting that he gets these one-on-one conversations with every character or many many characters let's say Mm -hmm. Pam Dwight Jim Creed, Devin, like he all has these one-on-one little conversations with them, these moments where they talk about what's going on and he gets mm-hmm. Jim to role play. He kind of antagonizes Dwight. Um, he tries <laughs> to get advice from Pam and Pam deflects. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny how like these things just all kind of lead him to to this moment where he just has to make a decision at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll throw this out there. Is this, I mean, this is early on in the show. This is episode five of season two. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, 11th episode ever is this creed's biggest spotlight and best acting performance in in nine seasons <laughs> uh well i don't think there's anything well this is like kind of his first moment really in in the whole show i'd say it's is a lot his of biggest yeah sorry go like ahead it's, it feels like his biggest chunks of dialogue and like mm-hmm. amount of lines in an episode does he have more lines in an episode than this in the super fan cut, there's a lot of extra dialogue that they give him. Yeah. Where he mm-hmm. talks about having nephews and making bad investments and stuff. It's, um, right. Yeah. right. Right. I mean, I think in terms of acting performance, I would have thought strike, scream, run. That would be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I they did it. The perfect cartwheel. Or maybe the best acting performance yeah. is when he acts like he isn't hurt by all the insults. And then later he's crying <laughs> yeah. in the stairwell. Actually. <laughs> 
I actually like when uh, when the police come in and he's like standing and he just puts his arms behind his yeah, head and like kind of breathes a sigh of relief. Are we ignoring when? Or are we forgetting? Sorry, not ignoring. Are we forgetting when Creed acts like he's thirty years old? Well, oh yeah, thirty. 30. Yeah. Uh, I also love his his cobbler scene with Jim. Really close up. I'm a, I'm a cobbler. Uh, that's just, just well done. Peach cobbler. But Tell this Angela is like it's for Creed. She'll know what that means. This might be the most involved Creed is in a in a in a plot in an episode, right? Well, draw me a map, Mama. Maybe work bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Playing a little hooky from work. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, shout out to Creed. I mean. He fights for his life here and yeah. makes Michael make the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. And and goodbye, Devin. You know, I, I, I gotta goodbye say, uh, Devin, it's been nice. <laughs> and like it, immediately, the we, we know that this happens right at the end of the day. So it makes sense that everyone kind of stands up and leaves. Um, they all go straight to poor Richards. You know, like they, you get the sense that people really did like Devin because they're not even entertaining the idea of sticking around for the Halloween party. They're just like, mm-hmm. well, we're going to go hang out with Devin like in his time of need here. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's at the everyone, same time, everyone, but those four, it's hard to imagine after that day wanting to stick around in the conference room and, you know, have snacks. <laughs> oh yeah. Hell no. <laughs> like well, sure everyone wants to get the hell out of there. They want to get out. Yeah. For the day. Yeah. Yeah. I do think, you know, as far as like, seeing out this storyline with Michael in the end of the day and, you know, extra stuff from the super fan cut. We get Michael talking to Jan. His name was Devin, the human being that we let go. And he's one of my best buddies. You know, we get this <laughs> dramatic performance from Michael. We also get Michael throwing up into the garbage can because it's oh, upset yeah. him so much. <laughs> um, Steve Carell, maybe Steve Carell's best, like best ability as an actor is fake throwing up. Uh, this is how he got famous in the Dana Carvey oh, yeah. show. During the oh. sketch, waiters who are nauseated by food, mm-hmm. uh, it put him, it put him and Colbert on the map. And as uh, as they later revealed in the Hulu documentary about the Dana Carvey show, that that sketch got them all of their future work. Is they just referenced <laughs> that they're like, oh, we were in the waiters who are nauseated by food. And they were like, that was you guys, and it got him the Daily Show, it got him the Colbert Report, like got him everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh... so yeah. <laughs> That's cool. He does it in this show That's... too. <laughs> Michael talks about killing a deer, you know, and going hunting. Um, but you know, I think it's important to mention this last scene that we get with Michael yeah. handing out the candy to the kids in, uh, for trick or treating. I think that's such an important moment. And like, you know, these extra scenes that they add kind of change, you know, the view of Michael in the show. Or sorry, not in the show, in this episode, I should say. Um, like the portrayal of Michael is different with some of these additions from the super fan cut. But I do think it is the same that you have this really nice moment at the end that kind of shows Michael like being really warm to kids. And it kind of makes you think like that's the way Michael kind of wants to be received or embraced um, in this kind of way. And like, I don't know, I mm-hmm. guess, how do you, how do you guys view or interpret this scene? Cause it is such a unique sort of addition at the end of some of yeah. these episodes. <sighs> I, yeah. I, I mean, it's like, I guess it just, it just points to like, it's this moment where, like, we we laugh at Michael so much because he just wants friends, he just wants family, and he can't get anyone, and that's so funny to us. But I think that there's like kind of the darkness of this ending is that it's like, if people would just be his friend, he's just a nice guy who's happy to have them as a friend. 
that's not in- exactly true, but, <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, because I don't know. I mean, I think that in a way, I mean, you know, up until I mean, there's only been 10 episodes before this. And in and everything that's happened up to this point, I mean, we just see Michael being completely selfish and self-centered. And even though he doesn't want to, you know, quote unquote, like ruin somebody's life, it's all kind of for selfish purposes. It's all because he does not want to be unliked by anyone. Um, and so I think that, yeah, he just doesn't, he just doesn't really look very good at the, by the end of this episode and, uh, and, uh, you know, really, you know, fumbles the firing kind of does it without very much respect for Devin. And, uh, it's kind of just nice to end on a note of, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess it just, it's, it's, it's a hopeful note for sure. Yeah, it sort of rehumanizes Michael to himself almost. Uh, mm-hmm. Because rewatching that, it's pretty clear the camera crew at this stage, like Michael doesn't know they're there. Like the way it's zooming in right. from across just... the street through like his window. Um, I hmm. think the, the way I read it is like the camera crew is like, let's go see how he's doing. Let's go check on Michael. Like, I don't think he's. The way where we left it, right. which is him in just threw up him in the party court. being like, you people are revolting. <laughs> yeah. Who knew Devin was so well loved? I mean, uh, yeah, I could also picture, right, like, you know, a version of that scene where he opens the door and he's like, trick or treat. Scram. Why? <laughs> you know, a man's I, I ruined a man's life today. Yeah, it's all tricks. Nothing scarier than that. <laughs> like, you know, like. Yeah. But instead, he's able to, you know, turn that off and say, like, and the dad oh. is with the kids. It's like, wow, dude, uh, let's go, kids. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That that would have that's I could have seen that. But this is like very much like the end of. I mean, at the end of the Dundies or like some of these other, you know, where they're listening to music, Pam and Jim, where like season two, a lot of the episodes, they don't want to end on that note. They want to end of like, look, Michael really legitimately felt this also it's like look at how much of an emotional sponge michael is like the second these kids are at the door he's just like wow like he loves it he's like he's like saved by the you know the sort of charm yeah. of halloween in a way uh because he's he's Little very childlike himself and uh but i but at that shot of him just sitting in his couch kind of staring at nothing like he, he he's deeply i think he's deeply affected by what he has to do Mm-hmm. Um, as we hear about how he had to deal with that deer with a shovel for an hour that one time he went hunting. It's funny, you know, the the beginning, like the very beginning of this episode where Michael walks in the door and they kind of say good morning and he's like, oh, look at your costume. Like there is like kind of a pleasant tone. It seems like they're all ready for a very nice Halloween. And then it's Jan called, <sighs> you know, and then the, the, the episode goes downhill from there. Um you know, all the way up to the firing. But at the end, it's just nice to see like Michael engage with kids. And like, it's good to see that he, he isn't still so affected. He has to project this stuff on to kids, you know, that he can, he can like be buoyed by the fact that they're happy to see them and he's excited to engage with them. And like, it's like, this is how he always kind of wants to be received. Um, You know, just like shown this, even this bare level of appreciation. And uh, it's nice to see the sort of like Michael accepting the kid, like 
except the kids giving him the candy and giving him all the candy that he drops. It's just really nice to see it. And it, like it humanizes him in a way, because like you said, this is only the 11th episode and like the first season of Michael is pretty difficult to like. And that's kind of the point, but like these little moments where you can maybe show a little bit of heart, like a little bit yeah. of humanity is like kind of what I think creates Michael Scott and makes him the character that yeah. we, that he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And their, their correction from season one where Michael's mm-hmm. way more of a downer. You know, which is directly connected to David Brett, who's a crazy downer in the BBC office. Yeah, like, yeah. When you like, you hate him, but it's like that's the point. Yeah, that's the point. Like in this show with this Michael Scott would be like, hey, you know, the best way to make this whole audience hate the show and Michael is watch him be mean to kids or like, yeah, not, yeah. not be nice to kids trick or treating. Like they have mm-hmm. to show that he believes in like Halloween and he believes in in the spirit of like, okay, we can we we're okay. I did a hard job. It's time to move on. Um, you know, there's like we talk about or this is the what the Greg Daniels analogy of the, the parking lot with the flower that pops through. And this is the flower in many ways. And I think, Sean, I've, I thought it was important. You've said this. That you're very pro concrete. You like the bleakness of these early seasons. <laughs> and the thing is, the myth is that it's up to the steamroller. Mm. Well, see. Oh, wait, I got that one that was somewhere in there. <laughs> Not a lot of action on the Robert California drop board lately. It, it, it pops up every now and then. Here we go. The fallacy is that it is up to the steamroller. Yeah. So there you go. There you have it. Yeah. Don't live um, as long as I have without a healthy fear of snakes, Bobby. Should we talk a little bit? We've gone on uh, at length about about Michael, but should we talk about Jim and Pam and Dwight? I, th- yeah, I think you... we should right after we take a quick yep. break. Yep. Yep. My guy. He sniffed it out. We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I think we've all had those times in our lives where you know what's good for you, but your brain keeps getting in the way. You overthink, you second guess yourself, sometimes even trying to fall asleep at night. Those racing thoughts can keep you awake. We see this in the office. Michael Scott, it seems, often knows the right thing or even the decent thing to do, but his brain keeps getting in the way. It leads to some very funny moments on the office, but it may be not so helpful in everyday life. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? I can absolutely relate to this. Moving to Switzerland this last year, there have been tons of moments where I've had to learn and adjust to being in a new culture. I remember one day I was walking home from playing tennis and a car stopped uh, in the middle of the road and they rolled down their window and they said something to me in German and the only word I understood was Autobahn. And I couldn't help them and they asked it again and eventually cars behind them started honking and they had to keep driving. I went into the office on Monday and I asked my coworkers, Did I do something wrong? Were they chastising me for breaking some kind of cultural rule? Because that's how it felt. And they all said, no, they were probably just trying to get directions to the Autobahn. So that's one instance for me where I could easily have just forgotten and gone about my Sunday. um, But I couldn't. My brain kept getting in the way. It's like, you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back. So you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. I have been in therapy in the past. I'm not in therapy currently, but I have only positive things to say about it. It was that that instance that I talked about could be something that I talked about in therapy. Like, why did I hold on to that? Or why did I think that I was breaking some kind of rule? You know, I I have nothing but good things that I've taken from therapy. I think for me, it's helped me learn about myself. It's given me tools to navigate my day-to-day life a little bit easier, a little bit better. And it's helped me with my relationships, family, friends, loved ones, coworkers, even just people you meet day to day. Um, therapy has only been a positive in my life, and I would highly, highly recommend it to anyone who's ever thought about it. It does benefit Michael Scott to bring it back to the office, 
he has that counseling episode and it seems to help him quite a bit. So it, I think it can absolutely help anyone and everyone. And if you've ever thought about it, please give it a try. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash scott today to get 10% of your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash scott. Great scott. Step into a world of nonstop action on DraftKings Casino. Play the classics like blackjack, roulette, and slots. Plus, enjoy exclusive games you can't find anywhere else. Right now, new customers can get a deposit match up to $100 in casino credits when you deposit $5 or more. All you got to do is sign up, select the offer, make your deposit, and start playing from a full slate of games. Be like Toby. Go take Michael's money. Chase that feeling. It's safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you're ready. Download the DraftKings Casino app now. Sign up with the promo code MICHAEL, and new customers can get a deposit match up to $100 in casino credits when you deposit $5 or more only on DraftKings Casino with promo code MICHAEL. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in West Virginia. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org 21 and over. Physically present in Connecticut, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia only. Void in Ontario, one per opted-in new customer. Minimum $5 deposit, maximum match $100 in casino credits, which were Require one-time playthrough within seven days. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash players choice. Restriction supply. Vamidos! Bueno! With that in mind, maybe let's pick it back up and we'll talk about uh, Jim, Pam, and Dwight. Let's so with this, you know, as all of this is happening with Michael in the background, uh, Dwight is very uh, antagonizing again uh, towards, towards Jim a little bit, criticizing his costume and giving him that three-hole punch. And we see Jim and Pam kind of um, working to get him transferred or uh, a new job. And Jim says uh, something that will take him out of state, preferably to Alaska or India. Um, <laughs> and they, you know, they send his resume off, and uh, that leads to Dwight trying to leverage an offer with Michael, uh, which goes pretty poorly. Um yeah, this storyline just, and then it ends, of course, with Pam saying to Jim, "You're the one who should be going for this better job," and it kind, right. it kind of is off putting for Jim because you know he's so he cares about Pam um, and doesn't want to have them separate, right? He doesn't want to go to another place, uh, even though it does have double the pay and soft shell crab is his favorite food. It's it's the classic Jim and Pam one two punch of like them getting along and like. They have perfect chemistry and they like could practically finish each other's sentences. And then all of a sudden, you know, three hole punch that, that, (laughs) you know, uh, Jim is, you know, very hurt kind of by, by Pam saying that he should take the job. Um, basically saying that a little like Jim, come on, man. Like, she is engaged still at this point. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think his reaction's a little much. But yeah, it is. Yeah. It, I guess even as friends, if I was like, hey, Sean, you should move to Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, like, that's Whoa. <laughs> for real. That's true. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, geez, man, I don't. 
Maybe yeah. I will now because <laughs> that kind of hurt. Um, yeah. I mean, Edwin did when I told him to. He didn't even mm-hmm. hesitate. <laughs> I'll do you one better. Yeah. <laughs> I'll um, move to Switzerland and I'll stay on the podcast. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> uh, oh, hey, there's my wife. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, we're recording our episode right now. Nope. And I'm keeping all this in the recording. Mm-hmm. We did start at so. 10. <laughs> we did start at 10. It just took us a long time to get going. Anyway. We started at 10 a.m. It is now 8 p.m. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, she she had every right to come up here expecting that we'd be <laughs> We can't. We can, we yeah. can kind of bring it back. One thing I like about this gi- the gym... Let's let's say the Jim Pam Dwight dynamic early on is it doesn't yeah. feel as combative, it doesn't feel as um, prank heavy, it doesn't feel as uh, over the top as some of the Jim pr- Jim Dwight back and forth pranking that goes on later in the show. Like it's it's kind of you know it's silly. I don't think they actually expect Dwight to go anywhere. They're just right. you know they're they're wasting time during the day and and, sure. and having a good time together in that in that moment. Um, very early. I mean, in Academy, a way, but... they're trying to get him a better job, right? I mean, the... it's not that bad. Like, it's not that bad. Really. It's not His much friends, money. It's not much money. His eighty thousand dollars a year. I don't think the the like Shrew Farms never comes up during this, where it's like. Yeah. That's a reason he wouldn't go is he's like, well, I live with like I live on my family farm that I am the caretaker and purveyor of like I this is this is what I do also. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I, there's no chance Dwight would have left. It's just funny at this early stage that that was never brought up uh, as a reason, <laughs> um, which is brought up not long after this by Michael as like a reason. Of, it's like, well, you have your farm. You got all this other stuff going for mm-hmm. you. You're like, cooped up. You're cooped up. Yeah. Uh, so the farm becomes a different reason to leave later. But uh, yeah, it is funny that that the only way this or like the way this prank plays out is so beautiful because like they first of all, very time stamped in 2006 where they're like, we put his resume on Monster.com, Google and Craigslist. Like, yeah. like you can just Google. put a resume up on Google. Yeah. <laughs> there he is. Yeah. Uh, but that we just hear just Dwight's side of the conversation with the Cumberland Mills recruiter uh, later. Oh, is, no, no, I'm very flattered. <laughs> no, 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 I'm very <laughs> I, lo- I do love to hearing professional Dwight, you know? He's like, <laughs> he's like, I just want to, uh, d- that may not be my current resume. I have a few items I'd like to supplement. And no one can, no one can flip the switch from professional to unprofessional like Dwight though, where he's just like, like then fine, like he'll, he'll oh yeah, Yeah. he'll just immediately burn a bridge. It it happens almost in slow motion, Uh, and then it just when it happens very quickly, yeah. It is also one of those. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, it is also one of those situations where it kind of sounds like they're offering him the job, and he's like, wait, 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 you don't have my current resume. And they're like, okay. Right. Oh, excuse me, I know about a billion Asians who would beg to differ. You're like, whoa, this, is, this yeah. just got different. The martial arts training. Michael and Dwight have this thing in common. Well, they'll go totally ballistic on a phone call, and then they'll be like, so will you let me know, or what do you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
last reach from the grave. Yeah. So no, I fired him, and you're next. Yep. <laughs> what do you say? Do you think about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, screw the teapot letter. Let me see that. I want to see the Cumberland Bills side of this call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's day like? You know, uh, it, it, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Well, an episode like this is one where I really wish I could watch the series again for the first time. Because, yeah. like, I remember in my early watching of the show, the noise that Michael makes when Dwight tries to leverage his offer. Where he goes, why are you torturing me? That's one of my favorite moments in the whole series. And like, it used to get me every single time. Um, I mean, it still makes me laugh, but now it's like, oh, this is the moment that I really love versus like a thing that catches me off guard. And I think too, it's some of the Jim Pam stuff. It's not that. Yeah. <laughs> but I need to like, expand you, that part of the soundboard. Just a Michael, Michael sounds? like literal yeah. Michael soundboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then take it and then go Gabe with like a, a soundscape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's lovely. But, but uh, um, <laughs> uh, by the way, too, really like quick, to that, watch- that scene where Dwight, I love when Dwight does this sometimes where he, he's talking through as Michael is coming apart at the seams of the, mm-hmm. like the uh, <laughs> at Cumberland Mills. Fantastic. And I turned it down. That would have solved my problems out of loyalty to this company. Oh, you <laughs> idiot. So I was hoping to be made like, he's just, <laughs> just like, oh, this isn't what I like. Dwight went in for a pat on the head for staying loyal and it did not happen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, like the yeah, what I was gonna say is um, the Jim and Pam dynamic. Like you mentioned, it the one-two punch, the three-hole punch, where like they have a good time, they're joking, they're back and forth, and then one of them says something to the other that is kind of misinterpreted. It hurts their feelings. They don't know how to act about. It. Like those those moments used to hit a little bit harder, you know, when we were watching the show in the early watches. And some of those moments are still really impactful, you know. Um, but this is one that might have felt more impactful in the early watches, you know. Because um, mm-hmm. we, as we as viewers, kind of know what happens and doesn't have the same drama intention. Um, but yeah, it just that was a feeling that I had watching this episode. Was like, man, I wish I could watch this episode again for the first time. Um, the, the the deleted scenes uh, give a little bit of that feeling, um, but and a little bit of that surprise because you don't know where the jokes are going to come. But mm-hmm. it is, um, yeah, it was just a, a thought or a feeling that I had while watching this episode to prep for today. Also, another little bit of foreshadowing is the the William M. Butlicker conversation later on when Michael when Jim takes Michael's spot behind his desk to fake to do the fake firing when he goes to help yeah. him. I love that. He's like, right, "Is this you? Are you being you or Creed?" And he's like, "Michael, it's just, this this is this is Creed. I'm improvising. Try to keep up. Um, Try just, to keep up. I yeah. love that scene so much. Uh, plus, the, the well, like, I've got to kill myself. The way he hits the desk." his arms just makes me laugh mm-hmm. well and like michael saying okay get out is not like you would have seen that like in the later seasons michael would have been like oh okay okay and then yeah. like he gets up and backs out of the office <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah i do i i guess i'm uh, going back to the michael thing i i just love that you get to see like i, I mean that he's picturing that's what's gonna happen like i believe yeah. You know, that in his mind, he's not overreacting. This is exactly what he's worried will will happen. Uh, and it, and it's just like, again, it's just like Jan obviously knows it's not going to be that bad. She's got like, you know, she's like, Michael, it's no big deal. Just do it. Jim even is like, you know, he, he Jim knows exactly how to hit. Like it's for whatever reason, Jim would be great at firing someone. 
right? He's just like, hey, you know, he's very matter of fact about it. We have to let Knows you go. That, like, just don't be personal about it, you know. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I think that uh, I, personally, I don't. I I've never had to fire someone, but certainly, like, if I did. I mean, I would be terrified. I would be terrified of their reaction. I think that, I think that there's a there's a there's a hint of like, I can relate to to Michael a little bit here, and that like it would yeah. be pretty scary, Difficult. especially yeah. if you you know totally. were worried that they might just freak out at you. I've mm-hmm. never I've I've never fired someone, but like I've I've broken up with someone, and that was like one of the hardest things I've ever done. And it's like <laughs> yeah, it's go. the same kind of feeling where you're just like, God, I don't want to. I will do anything to delay this or not have to do this. Or you're like, maybe they'll do something like you see people who are really bad at relationships who start acting erratically. And it's like, maybe Mm. they'll, maybe they'll dump me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like they're trying to get out of a relationship and they just have no idea how to just say it. And like, you need to be able to volunteer. volunteer. (laughs) Do you want to break up with me? Um, I am declining. I have a couple other... You want to see other people, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I know you do. I, can tell. I think I think you make a very compelling argument. Uh, I have a couple other last notes here for the episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Uh, one, uh, I have another. We hear Michael's list of things he's been in previous Halloweens at the end of this episode. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, he's cleaning off. He's he like we see him pick up the Chili's coupon and then he cleans his car off from the pumpkin. That mm-hmm. Devin throws on him. Yeah, right. Don't know where the pumpkin came from. Number one. Number two. Uh, you know, another <laughs> foreshadowing of a, you know, CD melon type thing being smashed on a car for the shot from well, overhead yeah. with Stanley and the watermelon later. Yeah. Uh, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> same sound when he knocks over all the warehouse stuff yeah. with the forklift. Um, but no, another uh, as he's listing at as he's listing these, it's he went as Monica Lewinsky twice. He went at Janet Jackson's boob, and before that, OJ. And I want to screw the teapot letter. I want to see Michael's full OJ Simpson <laughs> OJ? costume. Oh boy, yeah. What direction does he go with? Did you think he went with like the gloves, <laughs> like like murder <laughs> OJ or like running back OJ? Oh yeah, the most inappropriate OJ. He yeah, could, yeah, for yeah. sure. Got to sure. see that. Um, and oh, also in the deleted scenes. Two things. Is this the first we get a deleted scene with Hank? Is this the first time we see Hank? I think in the regular cut you see him as Michael's okay. walking out of the building. Oh, okay. Um, but I think it might be the first time scene where he has dialogue. Okay. That's I was like, yeah, I was, I was surprised to see Hank that early. Um, you know, and then, you know, not 3 seasons later, uh it would be Hank that escorts Michael out of the very same building. Hmm. Uh and lastly, shout open. out Shit, I got my ass, man. <laughs> I should have dropped that. Hit it, yeah. Damn it. I know. I just got to get over to the page. There we go. Yes, ma'am, I got my eyes open. There you go. <laughs> well, let me finish. All right. Yes. So, last two, shout out to Leo and Gino. We get a scene oh, yeah, from, of course. Uh, in the elevator when Michael is, is guys, could you take the freight elevator, please? And then... <laughs> That's my foot. That's my foot. And they... And they pitch, uh, you want to see a really messy show? Follow us around. Come to our office. And I it got yeah. it. Like, boy, advanced refrigeration style. One episode in advanced refrigeration would have been awesome. Give me that. <laughs> Where like, like, <laughs> like, like for some reason, Scranton was closed for the day. And so the camera crew's like, 
let's go to see what Bob's doing. Like Gio and Lino approach the receptionist to try to joke around with her, and she's like, "Guys, no, go, get out, get get back." <laughs> uh, and my final note uh, that I learned watching the episode this morning is I didn't realize paper mache is not it's not pa- it's not p a p e r it's not p a p i e r papier mache, um, and that's. It's, but it says frequently miswritten as paper mache. I never knew that. I never knew Are it wasn't Are you thinking paper. of P-A-P-Y-R? Paper for women. This idea of a woman being turned off because her paper is too masculine. I don't, I don't see it. Those are my notes. Edwin, do you have any final thoughts on the episode? Uh... No, I think we covered quite a bit of it. Just uh, like I said, I, I, I'm curious to know what you guys might suggest or what our viewer or viewers, our listeners <laughs> might think of episodes that you wish you could watch again for the first time. Obviously, oh, we yeah. wish we could watch The Office with Fresh Eyes, but um, this is one that stood out to me. And I, I'm wondering, not not to put you on the spot, but let's think of some that you wish you could watch for the first time. Uh, gosh, I, uh, I mean, I, I think the injury is up there pretty high. As one that I wish I could see again mm. for the first time, just because that is, um, it's kind of such an outrageous Michael episode. Um, that money for me, duh. Mm. <laughs> mm. Murder. I mean, I think Gay Witch Hunt was a wild first episode, <laughs> like a wild yeah, episode season, to see yeah. for the first mm-hmm. time. That was like, oh my god. The office is back for season three, and it is going to be nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, in a word, exquisite. Um, I'll never forget watching basketball for the first time. What they do? <laughs> I'll never forget watching basketball for the first time. The Alliance, yeah. first episode I ever watched. Stress oh, relief yeah. after the Super Bowl. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, those are the ones that really, really come to mind. Certainly, Cafe Disco. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the conference room, huh? Fine. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, <laughs> 20 minutes. Conference room. Everybody's in there. Dad? So we're going to drop as the dad at the end. Uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to do a... This won't take that. We've been, we've been recording a while. Uh, so we're just going to yeah. hit a couple of Ordinary Things questions based on this episode. As Of course, if this is your first time hearing it, Ordinary Things is our segment where we, we draw some questions to discuss uh, for our own lives based off of this episode, mm-hmm. uh, this particular piece of Office content. To start off, guys, have you ever had a situation where you thought you were getting fired? There was a time when the like my category like my bigger team was getting moved relocated uh um mm-hmm. long time listeners may remember when i moved from portland to la <laughs> um <laughs> but there was a time where i felt like my job was really in limbo and i didn't know and that was a really difficult feeling um that's probably the closest i feel like i've ever felt outside of like a couple instances in some service restaurant <laughs> level jobs yeah noodles and cups sure yeah right <laughs> Job security, that is that is a calling card of Edwin's. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, That's the besides, Edwin guarantee. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, besides the time that I was demoted at Noodles and Company from front of house to dishwasher <laughs> because I wasn't bubbly enough and refused. <laughs> Uh, which exactly what I was told. Uh, and, um, I mean, I think that in my, uh, career in, um, in film, I, you know, I'm an, an art director and, um, art directing is kind of a, a perfect position where you're like, yes, you're sort of like, you have, you have the whole plan you in your head. You <laughs> You, you kind of like, you're sort of the one holding like everything together, except that you're also just below the production designer who gets, you know, who's buddies with the director. And like, in a way, you're kind of in the perfect position to be the one who gets fired if something goes mm. horribly wrong, mm. you know? So when the airplane set shows up from LA and there's no TV screens on the backs of the of the headrests uh, like the director wanted. Uh, yeah. I have a moment of being like, well, mm. it's been fun working with you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> For sure. Uh, I only had one, the, the, the summer, I, I had a summer between years in college where I worked as a house painter, um, which was a very not fun job, but uh, I had its moments, but, it, it, a lot of the there was a lot of kind of uh, the the guys a lot of house painters live pretty hard and they party pretty hard and I would go the lifestyle much, man this the the house painter bro. life but at this company it was mostly college kids were the painters and then the like site managers which was one level up from your painters were all like just out of college and then above them were like the office guys like the, the they were college professors of, the owners yeah, all professors, <laughs> the owners the owners of the company themselves um and so your site manager was basically your boss but they were only again they were like you know four or five years older than us at most and um the main uh like ceo of the company was sort of like there was rumor that he was doing some Dean. kind of just cracked out uh, cracked down on like guys that just weren't performing well or, or whatever and my my site manager, my boss, uh, I kind of had two of them who would rotate based on where I was working. And at one point, they both called me. Uh, it was Tyler and Michael were their names. And they called me and they were like, um, hey, Alex, we are on our way to your job site right now. And we like we got to know, like, do you have weed in your car? And I was like... <laughs> Uh yes, because <laughs> me, me and the guy I worked with at the time, like we like, uh, at the end of the week on we worked six days a week, so on Saturdays when we'd finish up the job, we would we would go, so we would go somewhere and like sit and and smoke a joint together. It was it was a nice <laughs> little ritual. It was good mm -hmm. for me. Sue me, and so we. <laughs> I, I had weed in my car. I was like, yeah, yes, I do. And the way they said it was like, okay, like, like Jim, like the, the owner of the company is like, he is like going around, like checking on this. Like he will fire people. That, that was the vibe they had. Oh, They're like, do yeah. you have weed in your car? And I was like, yes. And they're like, we're going to be there in like 10 minutes. And I was like, okay, do I need to get rid of it? He, they were like, no, no, just like, just be ready. They show up in 10, <laughs> 10 minutes and they were just completely fucking with me. And they were like, yeah, we just ran out of weed. We were hoping we could get some from you. <laughs> they're like, do you want to smoke a bowl? And I was like, are you guys don't do that. That was mean. 
And that not only did they trick me, they just stole my weed and, <laughs> and left. <laughs> really, how really cool they? guys. And uh, and then later I found out they were like, oh no, the CEO of the company, like he he had he beat cancer like two years ago and got a weed card. Like he smokes weed all day long. Like, don't, <laughs> don't worry about it. I mean, if there is something to take away from that, it would be that the Doobie Doobie Pothead Stoner of the Year Award goes to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, guys. Next uh, next question. Do you want to do one more question or two more yeah, questions? Yeah, yeah. Let's just do one more. One more? Okay, one more. Uh, much like Creed, when he's about to be fired, have you either ever talked yourself out of a pinch or a difficult situation? Hmm. Have you ever successfully talked yourself out of anything? Well, I've I'm talked talking, myself yeah. out of things. <laughs> sure, of course. <laughs> Does that Sorry, count? Because <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, I've done that many times. I'm like, no, to another human. No, being. man, just play. Just keep. Just keep cool. Don't, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. You ever gotten out of a tight spot? Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Not all at once. I feel Have like you ever gotten out of a tight spot every day, <laughs> every day on the job. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, no, no, this isn't a problem. Um, I don't have a great one. Alex, oh, do you have a, do you have a story? I, I am. And the reason I wasn't talking is because I had an answer for this. And as I asked the question on my mind, it's gone completely blank. I'm going to remember what it was. <laughs> what is the oh other question? God. Maybe let's do one other. The question. other question was, yeah. have you ever faced retaliation? Uh, Which is like when, uh, when Devin throws the pumpkin on Michael's car, have you ever had, have you been retaliated against in a petty way? Anything like that? I have one, but it's not really retaliation, but I'll, t- I'll tell it anyway. Okay. So, and I remember in high school, a couple of friends, uh, my friend, uh, my friends, Brent and Cam, they came over during a snow day. We like hung out during the day and then they were like, all right, we're going to leave. And I was like, okay, I'll see you later. So they left. I thought, and then, like an hour later, my sister comes downstairs and she's like, "What are you doing? You're just playing video games." I was like, "Yeah." And they were like, "They were like, Brent and Cam were outside and they just left. They just left, and they spent an hour building a snowman so big that it entirely blocked the front door of our house. Oh my god! <laughs> so we couldn't get in or out through the That's front awesome. door. Amazing. And then two days later, the snow melted a little bit and the 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 snowman fell forward so it looked like it was peering into the doorway like oh the, the twig branches were up on the thing <laughs> yeah. just like the the top it just felt like it was perfectly positioned as it melted and fell that it, the snowman was looking into our door um so yeah that's my that's my big retaliation awesome. story you know. I remembered my pinch story now okay. as soon as okay. everyone started talking okay and i don't i don't remember if either of you were there I believe it was on Jordan's birthday. This is when we went to the. <laughs> okay. Uh, this was a while ago, but this is when we went to that sort of. <laughs> sure. They redid Valley Lanes, which was a bowling alley near where we all went to high school. And it's like a mm-hmm. super fun center where they have like laser tag, bowling, and arcade, all this stuff. Were you guys there the night that the brawl happened with the high school? No. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, wait. I know this there. story. We yes. There. Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, this is a good story. So this is. <laughs> this is. This is the most I've talked myself out of a pinch, I think. So what happened was uh, we all we all went to this. I just explained what this place was like. They had a laser tag center and a bunch of us. We were probably I don't know. We were what, 20 mid 20, 26, seven. I don't know. Mid to late 20s. And we all went to big group and we did laser tag because we haven't I haven't done laser tag in forever. 
Uh, and we had a fun time at one point during the laser tag round when I was like, like I was like running around, you know, you're shooting around corners and stuff. And I sort of like ducked behind a corner and like stood up kind of back to one of this big fiberglass, you know, pillar that they have uh-huh. that have like glow in the dark tape on them, you know, when you've been to uh, laser tag arenas. Mm-hmm. This was your freshman and then, year? Uh, this was your freshman year? As I, and then as I like turned off of it, like to go around the corner, the whole thing just like very heavy large pillar just like t- toppled over and fell and like smashed um and i was like whoa what the fuck and i and i like i looked at it and i could see that like the metal brackets that were holding it to the wall the uh the drywall screws that it was supposed to be holding it up had just were just stripped completely and they were not holding it into the wall so when i put a tiny bit of weight on it it like nudged it and lost its balance and it fell over um, mm-hmm. And it was, again, the, the brackets weren't there. So anyway, that all happens. I go to the staff and I tell them, hey, this thing fell over. Uh, and, you know, you should get that fixed. And these it's all high schoolers working at this bowling alley. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, just let you know this this happened. And then uh, we finished laser tag and go bowling. About 20 minutes later, this like 17-year-old kid who was at the front desk comes back down to me. And he's like, um, hey, so we're going to have to hold you accountable for breaking the thing in the laser tag and uh you're gonna need to pay for it so i need your license and a credit card your driver's license and a credit card and i'm like no uh not happening like you're not gonna get my driver's license i don't know i'm not giving you my driver's license and my id and my credit card that's insane and he's like well someone has to be responsible for it and like those are really expensive and it's on you and i'm like no it's all it's not that's that's screws were stripped you can go look and they said we have cameras in there like we can look if it was your fault i was like please do uh please do number one bullshit i don't think you have cameras in there and number two please look and you'll see that the bracket was already loose on this thing on this pylon and uh and i was like i'm not giving you my license and he was just like okay <laughs> and just, he's like, he couldn't do anything and he's like i'm gonna have to go call the manager and it's nighttime and he's not going to like it. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> call your manager. Like, by the way, I told him the high schooler, and this is my talking. I was like, look, I know that you have this job and you're working. This is not your fault. And if your manager's mad at you, it's not. This is on your manager for not having the safety checks that that was in place. So you tell your manager that. Okay. And he didn't. And I was like, okay. And he went to go make that call. And I could see him. He kept looking at me and he really wanted my license and a credit card. At that moment in the alley next to us, there was like a group of probably 25 high schoolers and a full on chair throwing fist fight, like blood on the ground fight erupted between these kids. So in the the midst of all of this, they completely forgot about the pylon and it became not an issue what had happened that night because they had to call the cops who came in. uh, The cook from behind the fry counter <laughs> more and more characters keep entering the so many. he was literally the oldest staff member and the biggest staff member in that building and he was the one who had to come break up the fight like so he ran down there like in an apron and had to physically separate these kids who were like tearing each other apart like they were fighting for real like throwing yeah. punches and there was yeah there was like drips of blood all over the bowling alley afterwards anyway it was a wild night and uh <laughs> I talked myself out of that, but I didn't have to because the brawl happened and it was like, 
It's a very Creed-like way of getting leave. out of something. You started a big fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like that guy then over the cook, there said, you're a pussy. Then the cook comes out from behind the kitchen, sock full of nickels. Yeah. <laughs> the tall guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I winked at the high schoolers, which is the signal for them to start the fight so I could get out of there. <laughs> I set it all up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was a long story. Sorry. That, that's well, no, that's a good I, one. I, I, I didn't thought even of a, mention, you didn't even get to the insane. girl in the hoodie. and <laughs> Girl in the yeah, hoodie? Yeah, or the re- or the retired army veteran, or so you know, I was, the I was Professor there. Plum. Yeah, <laughs> I was there. None of those people point, entered the story. Yeah, <laughs> I was there. And at one point, Alex left to go play bowling. I think we went to play laser tag, and then some girl in a like again like a high school student like in a hoodie with the hood up and her hands in her hoodie pocket was like, "Okay, everyone, nobody's playing laser tag until." Somebody like fesses up about who knocked over the pillar, and like oh, wouldn't let anyone happened. play. <laughs> yeah, and then we all just kind of sat there. And we're like, like okay, <laughs> then we just won't play laser tag. It was our friend like, Alex. It was that. Yeah. Guy. <laughs> when well, wait, you're when, just when, like when? nobody knocked it over. We don't know what you're talking about. We had no how, idea. Like, <laughs> how long ago was this? Uh, I'm gonna say ten years ago. Yeah, okay. probably. Well, there was one night when I got a call that woke me up in the middle of the night. I was sleeping, and it was the kid who was managing my bowling alley and laser tag. <laughs> I was so upset. I was like, get his license and his credit card. Heads are nah. going to roll. Nah, it's different. And that kid was like, uh, no, uh, Mr. Janes, it's actually yeah. your responsibility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'll tell you what's my responsibility. Now you get that license and credit card number. Post haste. <laughs> I was like, why did they need my license? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. But I was like, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give this to you if you were a cop. Like, you can't. You can't get that from me unless you have cops. Or like, yeah. <laughs> like no way, kid. You know, I, I thought of an answer for myself, which is that a yeah. lot of times while I'm here, people will approach me and start speaking in German. I talk myself out of a pinch by saying oh. that I don't speak German. <laughs> <laughs> it actually works even better when I say no uh, Deutsche. <laughs> ich lerne Deutsch. Uh, ist klein. I'm learning Dutch or I'm learning German. It's small. <laughs> I'm student to provoke one hour per week. <laughs> and then they slowly back away as Edwin yeah. just tells them about his language lessons. I actually had one guy approach me over the weekend and wanted to talk to me about something. And he was I was like, oh, I don't speak German. He's like, oh, are you Swiss? And I was like, also, no. He's like, oh, OK, well, it's voting soon. He's like, anyway, here's the chocolate that I'm giving out to people. <laughs> so he still nice. gave me a piece of chocolate. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. chocolate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there you have it. Uh, there's our Halloween <laughs> episode. <laughs> uh, just a reminder that you can still enter the costume contest. We really want to see some more entries. So please, like competition is not very steep right now. We don't have too many. So go ahead and email us pictures at mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. Uh, not to say the ones we've gotten are, aren't great. But well, we it's like a week before any. Halloween. So yeah. It makes well, sense like, that people haven't dressed up in their costumes you, yet. <laughs> do people not celebrate Halloween week? You know, different costume <laughs> every day leading up to the bit. Yeah, anyways, mm-hmm. um, call us at 503-694-9314 uh, if you'd like to leave us a message. We'd like to play them on the show. 
Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram. We got a Patreon, patreon.com slash Michael Scott. Mm. You can become a Scott's tot for five bucks a month. You get the bonus mailbag episode every month. You get the main feed ad free episodes uh, and lots of little extra goodies. Um, some special stuff coming up in the very near future. Mm. Um, so it's a great time to join. Very special thanks to our, our tots who support the show. We could not do this without you. Special thanks to Kayla and Brianna who run our discord whoop, whoop. and special thanks to Ryan Lloyd who designs our artwork. This episode was recorded on location in Portland, Oregon, USA and Zurich, Switzerland. Thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us, for listening, for interacting with us, um, emailing us, leaving us voicemails. It's amazing that we get to you know, interact with this community and all of you uh, week to week. And uh, it is an absolute joy, and it makes doing the show um, just incredible. So thank you for giving us the support to keep going. Um, if you like the show, please leave us a review or a rating. It helps us, helps people find the show. Um, consider joining our Patreon, and uh, please join the Discord. Please join the Discord. Please. <laughs> But more more than anything, uh, thank you again. Uh, We truly love and appreciate everyone who listens and interacts with us. Uh, Take care. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Bibbidi poppy, give me the solid. Yes, sir. Sir. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. Take me home. You know what? Fine. I try to start fun traditions for you guys, but if you don't want to sing, no traditions. Closing time. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Good night. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.